we're getting spins from both sides. It was very clear from the first story. I can't remember who had the, oh, I think it was uh, Bleacher Report had the first, I think, broke the story. And it was very clear that it was coming from Russell Wilson, at least Russell Wilson's camp, maybe his agent, whoever, um, maybe even Russell Wilson himself, was spinning it, you know, to be, oh, the Broncos went to Russell Wilson and they threatened him to bench him for the whole season if he didn't do this. And then other reporters that are clearly getting information from the Broncos side downplay it so much. Oh, no, no, no. The Broncos just had a simple conversation with Russ during the bye week. And as soon as he said no, they dropped it. No big deal. It happens all the time. And I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here alongside John Heath. It's the Broncos Wire podcast powered by the USA Today Network. John, of course, is the managing editor of the Broncos Wire. John and the crew do great stuff on the site. I'm sure you know that. Uh, regular season, obviously winding down. Uh, but if you haven't already and you you do have time to support us by leaving a rating or review, we really appreciate that. If you're new to the pod, it's great to have you with us. And if you could subscribe and maybe tell a friend or family member, the season may be over this weekend, but we have plenty more to come during what should be a fascinating Broncos offseason. And we hope you stick around here even beyond week 18. John, happy new year to you. How the hell are you? Happy new year, Ryan. I'm I'm pretty decent. You know, the Broncos are not pretty decent. And watching that game last week, like I was literally paying it to because like midway through the fourth quarter, it seemed like the Broncos pretty comfortable. It seemed like they were going to be able to win that game. So from like halfway through the fourth quarter, literally right up to the end of the Broncos game, I was paying more attention to the Steelers and Seahawks game and the Chiefs and Bengals game, because if the uh, Seahawks beat the Steelers, technically the Broncos would still be alive for a wild card spot. And if the Chiefs, or excuse me, if the Bengals beat the Chiefs, technically the Broncos would still be alive for the AFC West. That would have been hilarious if it came down to the last week of the season, <laughs> the Broncos needing a win and a Chiefs loss to win the division. That would have been great. But unfortunately, the Chiefs beat the Bengals, so that knocked them out of the AFC West. And the Steelers uh, beat the Seahawks, so that knocked the Broncos out of the wild card race. And then so close, very close timing to those two things happening. The Broncos game ends, and yeah, the Broncos won. Oh, and yes, uh, by the way, at the same time, they're officially eliminated from playoff contention. So it was such a weird wrap-up to that game. And I had a draft, ret- like, maybe this makes me a bad fan, but I think it makes me a good blogger. I had a draft ready for where Broncos officially eliminated from playoff contention. So I was touching that up while touching up the gamer for the Broncos Chargers game at the same time and published them one right after the another. And like you said, they've got one more game to go, but it really feels like the season is over for the Broncos. They're like, there's some evaluation that's going to happen this week. And I think the biggest evaluation is Jarrett Stidham. And we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit more here coming up, but it, it just feels like it, it just like this game doesn't matter. And and as I say that, please keep listening to the podcast because it does matter <laughs> and we have interesting things to talk about. But yeah, it's just one at least the Broncos made it this far, you know, like we're we're going in the final week of the season. At least they were alive until now. That is an improvement on recent years. So I guess that's somewhat of a silver lining. Yeah, I think when you enter week eighteen, you know, at eight and eight at five hundred you look around the league, there are a lot of teams at eight and eight that have real playoff aspirations, especially in the NFC this year. Just the AFC is was loaded and a lot of teams were really close together and clumped together in that playoff race. It it means that you're better than a lot of the teams in the league. So yeah, there are some moral victories that we could talk about with the Broncos. 
yes, week 18 does not mean much, John, but at least we have the drama. Oh my God. I mean, I don't even have to watch. Like, I don't have to catch up on the golden bachelor or any of these shows that my wife, you know, I, cause I, I like to get some drama in my life. Sports needs to be that outlet for me. And the Broncos just, they bring the drama. I mean, the game was kind of a footnote, you know, <laughs> to the week that was since we recorded our last podcast, things actually happened right after we recorded the podcast. We finished the podcast. We knew Russell Wilson was benched. We did not know about the ultimatum. Right, which is another great great show you can find. Another like dating show, The Ultimatum. That's a, that's a good one too. If you're if you're into that drama. But after we recorded the pod last week, John, this came out. It was just a report, but Russell Wilson literally confirmed it in the locker room, which I found to be just amazing. Russell Wilson standing in the locker room saying, "Yeah, you know, they approached me during the bye week about, you know, that I would be benched for the rest of the season if I didn't amend my contract." It was just unbelievable. Uh, you just don't see that, and it was it was fascinating stuff. It was gripping stuff. I've been. I've been reading takes on the Russell Wilson stuff all along. So I do want to touch on this, John. I know it's kind of old news, but it's still being talked about with Broncos country. and We haven't touched on it yet. And to me, it's like there's one person. I know Sean Payton's catching a lot of heat, uh, and he did from Ryan Clark on the Get Up Show and and all that, people calling him a thug and and all that. I I would not call Sean Payton a thug. I'll I'll call him another name here in a little bit, uh, but not a thug. I think the person that comes across looking the worst in this entire situation, John, is George Payton. (laughs) George Payton. It was George Payton who sent a massive haul of draft picks and players to bring Russell Wilson to Denver. Then he immediately locks him up with that massive extension, right? Locks him up for seven years. And the number that I want to focus on here is 23. That's the number of games Wilson started for the Broncos before George Payton allegedly gave Wilson's camp this ultimatum during the bye week. 23 starts. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it's within the team's right to push for that kind of thing. Maybe this happens all the time. I don't know. Maybe it's not as public as this one ended up being. But when you're threatening to bench your starting quarterback, the guy you just locked up for seven years, you know, not so long ago, you are signaling the forthcoming end of the relationship. Right, John? 23 games in, that's all it took for the Broncos to make the decision that, hey, we're we're moving on from you. When you tell your when you tell your starting quarterback, we're going to bench you for the rest of the season if you don't move the they're they're never said take him out. They said move the date of when these trigger, right? That's what they, they wanted to defer it. But when you're going to your starting quarterback over stuff like that, you know that this this is the end. This is the end. That signaled the end. The fact that Russell Wilson played seven more games knowing that his organization was basically done with him is wild, right? Just think of that. But I think it goes back to a question that you put you know, this is why you're, you're a brilliant guy, John. You put this in our show notes last week is George Payton next on the chopping block. How is he not now after this, this, this is an embarrassing story for the organization, right? Like the organization does not look good in the public eye that this came to light. It does not look good that it's not just unnamed sources. It was Russell Wilson, again, standing in the locker room, talking about this, confirming it. Uh, So not a good look for the Broncos. And I think, doesn't it fall on George Payton? He's the face of this kind of, and I just I wonder how he survives here uh, going forward. We talked about it last week, but I want to go back to it because I think I'd be stunned if George Payton survives. This is a bad look. Yeah, it's interesting with George Payton because he's kind of the fall guy, like you mentioned. Like the reporting came out that he was the one that went to Wilson, but the Broncos want him to be like that. Mm-hmm. That's his job. Sean Payton is not the one that goes to players during the bye week and says, "Hey." I want to redo your contract. That's not, you know, Sean, that's not what Sean Payton's asked to worry about. That does fall under what they asked their general manager to worry about and the duties that they asked him to carry out. So George Payton 
is the one to do that dirty work. And like you just mentioned, George Payton is the one that brought Russell Wilson in. And it's been such a colossal failure. And assuming they're going to cut him, it's going to put them in a terrible cap situation. Is that a fireable offense? And on the surface, I do think it is a fireable offense. But will the Broncos fire him? I don't know. Because I was thinking about it more and I was like, Sean Payton kind of took over free agency this last offseason. Like, not completely, but it was very clear that he had a big hand in a lot of their signings. And, like, going forward, if they're going to make a trade, if they're going to, like, trade up in the draft for, you know, Sean Payton's favorite quarterback prospect, that's Sean Payton's favorite quarterback prospect. Or if they're going to trade for some quarterback that Sean Payton wants, that's some quarterback that Sean Payton wants. And in free agency going forward, just like this last offseason – I think Sean Payton is basically going to draft the guys that he wants. So already, I think Sean Payton kind of has a, a lot of control and personnel decisions. And George Payton, I think, can continue to be like their top scout and a guy to do a lot of draft prepped work for them and continue to be the tough negotiator for them. And I think there might be a future where the Broncos go forward with George Payton remaining with the the team it's just he's not going to be making a trade for Russell Wilson now because it's not going to be uh pre Sean Payton era it's the post Sean Payton era so George Payton's not going to go out there and get someone that halfway through the season Sean Payton's going to say you know what I'm sick of this guy that I inherited he's going to say you know what I wanted this guy so I'm going to stick with him because I wanted him so I think there's a way that George Payton might have a future with the Broncos with him and Sean Payton continuing their marriage of basically Sean Payton calling the shots and George Payton keeping his role that it seems like he kind of has already transitioned to. So that it's something to keep an eye on going forward. But yeah, like you said, the Broncos going to Russell Wilson during the bye week and basically threatening, you know, we're going to bench you if you don't revise this party contract. Like you said, basically kick the can down the road, give us safety that if you get hurt this year, we're not locked into your salary for 2025. And it, it's a kind of a crazy thing, but it's really not that crazy because, like you said, teams do do that. They go to players and ask them to do that, and the time to do it is during the bye week. But, yeah, I, I think we're getting spins from both sides. It was very clear from the first story. I can't remember who had the – oh, I think it was uh, Bleacher Report had the first, I think, broke the story. And it was very clear that it was coming from Russell Wilson, at least Russell Wilson's camp, maybe his agent, whoever, or maybe even Russell Wilson himself, was spinning it, you know, to be, oh, the Broncos went to Russell Wilson and they threatened him to bench him for the whole season if he didn't do this. And then other reporters that are clearly getting information from the Broncos' side downplay it so much oh no 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 the Broncos just had a simple conversation with Russ during the bye week and as soon as he said no they dropped it no big deal it happens all the time and I think the truth is somewhere in the middle I like I generally believe that when they're talking to his agent or his agents during the bye week like they're they say hey you know because of this injury thing if if you don't you know, kick the can down the road on that, we might just bench him. Like we could just bench him to not risk that injury because Sean Payton's kind of frustrated with him right now. And it, it's people were like, I can't believe they did that right after they beat the chiefs. But Russell Wilson did not play that great in that chiefs game. And the first half of the season, he did not play that great either. I, I really think Sean Payton was kind of 
limiting Wilson's weaknesses and just kind of making it work with Russell Wilson. It's been clear all season that he's not been thrilled with Russell Wilson and hasn't thought that Wilson can run the offense to the fullness that Sean Payton wants it to be run. So I think Sean Payton was frustrated with him, and I think George Payton knew that. And, and just like in negotiations, like, hey, you know, we can just bench him to remove that risk for us. And then Wilson's camp went to the Players Association and the Players Association was like, hey, that's basically illegal and it's against the CBA. And I don't know if the if the Players Union was just saying that to try to call the Broncos bluff or if it really was. I don't even know. We'll, we'll never know because the Broncos did not bench him then. Like you said, Wilson went on starting a bunch of weeks, and then when they're not officially but practically eliminated from playoff contention, then they finally do bench him. And Wilson, you know, he hasn't been perfect. The The Broncos can now, weeks removed from that, say, oh, no, 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 this is a football decision, this is a football decision, and we want to take a look at Jarrett Stidham. And now it's even easier to say because they're officially eliminated from playoff contention. They can just say, you know, Russell Wilson is not a long-term guy. We want to find out with Jarrett Stidham if he is. And that's not how they framed it, certainly not how they framed it last week. But it's something that they, you know, they could present as the case at least this week. But yeah, it it was kind of surprising, like you said. And then when Russell Wilson came out in the locker room and just repeated it verbatim, it's like, hmm, I wonder where wow. that angle of the story came yeah. from. But yeah, I it's not it it is what it is. Like it's something that happens in football. It is a little surprising. But I like Ryan Clark calling him a thug. I was like, come on, that that's just ridiculous. Especially uh, the people painting it as. Sean Payton being mean to Russell Wilson the whole year and not even giving him a chance. That's just ridiculous because like you said, from day one, when Sean Payton got here, he went on a campaign defending Russell Wilson, talking about how it was all Nathaniel Hackett's fault. And this offense was just incompetent. It's going to be better this year. And guess what? It was better. Russell Wilson was a whole lot better than last year. And what is the difference between last year and this year? Sean Payton, like Sean Payton literally helped him. And yes, Maybe he was tough on him, but he said that from the beginning. And Russell Wilson even said from the beginning, Peyton told me he's going to be tough on me, and I want that. Like, Russell Wilson wants to be coached up. And it, I think it helped him have a better season, but it still wasn't good enough. Like, he still clearly has a ceiling. And I think Sean Payton just thought, you know, he's not my long-term guy. I have Jarrett Stidham, who I gave this two-year, $10 million contract to. I can win with Jarrett Stidham just like I won with Teddy Bridgewater. I won with Jameis Winston. I won with Taysom Hill. I even won with Trevor Simeon. So I think Sean Payton was like, if he's not the long-term guy, you know, Jarrett Stidham can do the job. And during the bye week is the time to talk contracts. And they did. And Russell Wilson refused it, which is his right, by the way. Like there was, Wilson has all the leverage in the world. He has no reason to turn down money that's, do him on this contract like he's he's probably going to get cut be paid a bunch of money by the broncos sign on a vet minimum somewhere else and not mind that at all because he's still getting paid a lot by the broncos and he's probably going to get another chance to start somewhere at least like competing with a rookie or something so russell wilson will be okay and also like shout out to him he did you know kind of air the dirty laundry a little bit in the locker room but like he's just telling the truth at least his side of what happened I think he's been a good sport overall and like he was helpful to Jarrett Stidham during the week during the game like he was being a good supportive teammate and stuff so Russell Wilson I think has handled it pretty well all things considered but 
I, I think it's pretty clear that like this situation has fractured to a point where I just cannot see Russell Wilson coming back next season. Like in theory, they could redo his contract and give him a reduced salary or whatever and go forward. But like I said, Wilson, he has no reason to do that. And if he doesn't, the Broncos have no reason to keep him because if, if you don't think he's the guy, you can get some uh, money relief. Not a lot. Like they're going to be in a big hole. But if you're just going to move on from him eventually, why not just do it this offseason? So I think they're heading for a split. And I mean, after last season, it's not that surprising because last season was such a disaster. We thought there was a possibility that, you know, he gets a once and done with Sean Payton. If it doesn't go well, then okay, Russ, you got two seasons. And if it's not good enough, we're moving on. And it's looking like that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And I agree with you. The visual of Russell Wilson in the locker room, I must have watched that 50 times on social media, John. It was just so, it was so fascinating. Again, that was the drama I needed. It was great. It was just such a real moment. Uh, I love that he did it right in the locker room with the reporters. It was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't blame Russell Wilson for not playing ball with that request, right? It's like, so, so let me get this straight. You guys want to amend the contract we just negotiated less than two years ago. When I'm in year two, last year was a disaster under a head coach that you guys just hired. Now you're bringing in Sean Payton. I'm not even halfway through my season, first season with him. And you guys are already coming to me with this. And you, you guys were already kind of signaling to me, like, I'm not going to be here long term. I'm locked up for seven years. Like, what is so I, I, I don't blame him for being pissed. I don't blame him for not playing ball on that. Uh, also, don't blame the Broncos for wanting to move on from the player, right? Uh, I don't think it's a great look, but that's fine. That's this is business. Business is tough. Russell Wilson will be fine, right? Like he, he will be fine. He's a big boy. Sean Payton was literally brought here to make this decision. He made it, but I do need you to explain something to me like I'm 12, John. And it's just why I have to watch Jared Stidham, right? I just, I still push back on that thing because we all kind of know what Stidham is. Like he might fit Peyton's system better than Russell Wilson does, but I just think there's a major talent and experience downgrade there between these two players. Stidham has not played a lot of football in his career. So when you sit at the podium and tell us that we are starting Stidham because it's quote unquote, the best thing to win football games. And that's all I care about. That's not true. (laughs) That's just not true. Like, Wilson's a better quarterback plopping Stidham in here at the end of the year for two starts. That's just disingenuous. He doesn't give you a better chance to win. Wilson's been starting all season. He's been fine. Uh, I, I, I agree. He hasn't been the best quarterback in the league, but he's, he's been far from the worst. So I wouldn't call Sean Payton a thug. I would just say he's a lot. He's a BSer. He's a, kind of an a-hole. He's kind of like Bill Parcells. He's playing games with us at the podium. That's, that's what he's doing. He's not a thug, but like, I don't know. Like you insert Stidham and what was different, John, right? Like explain it to me like I'm 12. Like they didn't look different. There wasn't anything noticeably better or worse. Why are we watching Stidham? Uh, Because I I don't want to hear that he might be the quarterback of the future or we're trying to see if he is. We got to get him these reps. I think that's a bunch of bull crap. I think the offense looks exactly the same with Stidham and Wilson. And I don't want to say, I don't want to hear anyone tell me either that, oh, look, the offense didn't change. So Wilson's obviously not the guy. That's the proof we needed. It's like, we don't need any proof. They've already moved on from Wilson. They did basically during the bye week. The team already made that decision. So why do we have to see Stidham? Uh, it's just the Stidham thing annoys me, John. Uh, you know me. I'm a Patriots fan. So I'm, I'm probably being unfair because Stidham was drafted by the Patriots. It was terrible with them. Uh, but I just don't understand sitting Wilson down. I think 
you know, to some of the points that were made on the get up program with Ryan Clark, like Wilson is a pro. He is a guy that deserves respect. I think sitting him down, making him the number two quarterback, making him dress is kind of wonky and not handled very well. Uh, I don't, I think it's disrespectful a little bit to do that to him. I'm fine with the team moving on from Wilson next year. I just think sitting him down for these two games, these two kind of meaningless games, just to quote unquote, we got to see what Stidham's got when Stidham's not the long-term guy. You can't convince me he is, you know, he's just not, he's not, if anything, he's the bridge to the next guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm so sick of the bull crap that Sean Payton is, is feeding us at the podium, John, right? Like, please stop treating us like we're idiots. Don't, don't tell us that you weren't privy to the ultimatum Russell Wilson got during the bye week from the GM that insults our intelligence. Right? Like Sean Payton, don't tell us you weren't privy to that. If the GM is going and threatening to bench the starting quarterback, you know about it. You know about it. So don't don't tell us you weren't privy to it. Uh don't adamantly come to Russell Wilson's defense in the preseason, as you mentioned, John, uh, and blast Nathaniel Hackett and blame Nathaniel Hackett when you're gonna bail on Wilson in less than a year. Like that doesn't come across very genuine either. I just think I don't think Sean Payton's a thug. I just think he's kind of a BSer, and he's been BSing us all season long at the podium, John. I've now come to the conclusion at the conclusion of this rant here. I've come to the conclusion that he is just never going to tell us the truth and we can never take him at face value because he is always playing some kind of angle uh, with the press and he totally is doing it and it's annoying the crap out of me. And I think the Stidham thing, the playing Stidham, it's just another thing he's tweaking because I, I cannot be convinced that Stidham's the long-term guy or they're thinking or evaluating if he's the long-term guy. Give me a break. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say we have to take Sean Payton with a grain of salt when he's up there on the podium. But uh, you mentioned why is Russell Wilson still dressing if, if they're already moved on. I think part of that is uh, because it, in their mind it proves, see, this is a football decision. If it was only about the injury uh, guarantee, then he would be inactive because we wouldn't want to risk him getting inactive. I really right. think the optics is part of it because the NFL Players Association got involved and and told them in a letter, like, <laughs> hey, you're not allowed to do this. This is illegal by New York law and against the Players Association and NFL collective bargaining agreement. So I think, I, and this is just me assuming, but I think, I think kind of like I said last week, it can be both things at once. Sean Payton can be frustrated with his play and be ready to move on from him from a football perspective. And the Broncos can want to minimize their risk of how much money that, you know, they're committed to have to pay him. If he gets hurt, they have to pay him even more. So it makes sense. You don't want to start him in this meaningless game last week. Technically they weren't eliminated, but they basically were. And now this week they officially are. There's no reason to start him that financially in that game because it's too much of a risk. If he gets hurt, and you're locked into $37 million two years from now. That's that's just ridiculous. So the, even though the Broncos are claiming that's not the reason, like the financial aspect, you know, it had to have been at least part of the equation, even if the Broncos don't want to admit that. Like the money's got to be part of it. So that, that like I think that's part of the reason why he's benched. Like a big part of the reason why he's benched is yes. the money. And I also think part of the reason why he's still on the bench is because they kind of have to, to say, hey, this is a football decision. He's better than Ben DiNucci as our backup <laughs> quarterback. It's so true, John. But like, at so the same time, he, what? I was going to say, imagine if Stidham got hurt in the game, right? He gets hit. He yeah, leaves with a concussion. So Russell Wilson comes in. Do you think they attempt to pass? 
You know what I mean? Like this, it, it's, this is all fraudulent. So I guarantee you, like just hypothetically, Sidham gets knocked out of a game in week 18. Russell Wilson's a backup. He comes in. They probably don't attempt to pass, do they? It, they play the safest, most vanilla thing ever, and it'll just be fraudulent. Again, it'll just be completely fraudulent, this whole thing. I think it's a great point. That light bulb just went on. I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> well, let's just hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope Stidham doesn't get hurt. No, I, And then yes, you, you were saying, Stidham, he's not the long-term guy, so why even play him? And I was like, oh, I, I kind of have a little bit of an answer to that. And then you got to it kind of towards the end of your rant. You said he might be the short-term guy, and I think that's it. Like, Stidham, he's not your long-term quarterback, but he might be your 2024 quarterback. So I, I don't think it's outrageous when you're eliminated from playoff contention, when Russell Wilson has that injury guarantee, when Russell Wilson's not going to be your guy in 2024, presumably. I don't think it's crazy to say, okay, let's give Jarrett Stidham two games. Let's give him two games in Sean Payton's offense. And even if he's not like the long-term answer, he might be our day one starting quarterback in 2024, even if we draft a quarterback in the first round, whether that's 14th overall or a little bit lower, depending on how this weekend goes, or if we trade up in the first round. Like They do have a first-round pick again this year, and they have future first-round picks. So if, if they want to, right after swinging and missing on Russell Wilson, they could go ahead and try to trade up for another quarterback. But e- even if you do trade up for a quarterback, it's good to have, you know, even if he's not some accomplished great quarterback, Jarrett Stidham is a veteran guy. Now he's got three starts under his belt. By the end of the season, he'll have four starts <laughs> under his belt. And and he'll have two games of experience in Sean Payton's offense. So I think they can go into next season saying, okay, Jarrett Stidham is a cost-effective, you know, fallback QB1 we draft a quarterback. If they drafted a quarterback uh, 14th overall, his cap hit would be like $3 million, and Jarrett Stidham's cap hit next year will be like $7 million. So having two guys, one of them, you know, ideally your long-term guy, one of them your short-term stopgap QB, account for just $10 million, that's exactly the kind of thing the Broncos need to do when they're going to be in a real tough cap situation eating all of Russell Wilson's dead money. So I, I think that's what it is. It's like Jarrett Stidham... Yeah, okay, admittedly, he's not the long-term guy, but he might be our day one starter next year as we groom a rookie behind him. So we're going to get him two two games here to close out this season, get him some reps in the offense. We're not going to risk Russell Wilson getting hurt, but for optics, Russell Wilson's still going to be on the bench. And all that is just kind of assumptions on my part, but I think that's what's going on. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I get that. And this, this is probably a question for a later day, something we can get into the into the offseason, John. Is that good enough, Broncos country, right? If, if Jared Stidham is the bridge guy and that's the plan and they don't bring in a veteran or, you know, Sean Payton made this move on, and I criticized it at the time, day one of free agency, the, the tampering window, they signed Stidham. They wanted him and, and Payton targeted him and wanted him. And I was kind of critical at the time, John. I said, why, why are you doing that on day? What? Stidham's not that good. Why are we doing, you know what I mean? Like I was pushing back about it at the time because he, he was drafted by the Patriots mid round, uh, bombed out with them. He got traded to the Raiders for a swap of sixth and seventh round picks. We see this all the time with backup quarterbacks. He goes to the Raiders. He played okay, I guess, at a couple starts, but he was still a free agent. They didn't try to keep him. He was cheap, and they didn't try to keep him. So the, the Broncos got a chance to sign him. They do, but is that good enough? You know, that's, that's something we could talk, talk about here, I think, as we go. Uh, he's, not, he's not a horrible player. Uh, I, I've never said that. I just don't think he's – he doesn't really move the needle for me. I don't think he's – that much better than the situation we have now. I guess the contract's better, but other than that, I mean, I mean the 
the Penners are going to be paying all kinds of money. They're going to be paying for Russell Wilson. I know that's cap stuff. They're going to be paying real money to Nathaniel Hackett, which doesn't count against your cap. <laughs> They're still paying him. So anyway, just to recap here, John, I don't think Sean Payton's a thug. And another thing I want to just say, I don't think Russell Wilson was done dirty either. I, you know, just to go back to what both of us, I think we, we agreed on when I think back to what each of us kind of ranted without breathing there for a little while. We both went off, which is kind of fun, but this has been a really fun topic. Uh, there's so much information that you want to get out and your mouth only goes as fast as your brain. you right. You know that one of those things, but I don't think Russell was done dirty. I think this kind of stuff happens all the time. I just think the difference here is this got aired publicly and it's really fascinating because it's a, it's a big story. The Broncos moving on from Russell Wilson um, in this fashion is a big story. I don't think they're doing them dirty there. I do think the whole let's play Stidham. This is only coming out because they benched Wilson, right? Like if they didn't just, if they just wrote it out with Wilson and the plan could be Stidham next year, if they wanted it to be, but they could have just wrote it out with Wilson and then cut him in the off season. They didn't have to <laughs> make it this big thing, this big dramatic thing. I'm glad they did. It's been great. It's been really entertaining, but they didn't. I, I think that part of it, the, the benching Wilson, the making him the fall guy for, uh, a team that really wasn't that good this year, right? Like they got hot there, but they had a lot of turnover luck. We talked about it. It was more, you know, they, they earned some wins. They earned what they got, but come on, they got some, uh, what was it? Five turnovers against the bills. Uh, Peyton, I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes was sick during the game against the chiefs. We could go back and nitpick all these wins they had. I mean, were they really this great team that went on this run? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think it's it's more team-wide than just Russell Wilson. I think Wilson was fine, and you insert Stidham, it looks exactly the same. So I just I do push back on the benching of Wilson, the making him the backup quarterback. I think that's the part that looks weird to me. The whole like going to him and the contract stuff and all that BS, like that's just NFL BS. And that's I don't think they're doing him dirty by doing that. Again, Russell Wilson's a big boy. He will be fine. Uh, but yeah, it's just that's just kind of how I would round up my feelings on it, John. I'll give you the final word before we hit the break here, but so we can both drink some water and, or some tea to get ready for the rest of the show. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think Peyton's a thug. I just think he's a kind of a Bill Parcells disciple a-hole who BSs us all the time at the, on the podium. So that's more I, I think I don't think he's a thug, though. And I don't think Russell was, quote unquote, done dirty. Uh, that's just my opinion in this. What's yours? Yeah. Go ahead. Take the final yeah, word. We're, we're aligned on that. Like Sean Payton, <laughs> Ryan Clark calling him a thug. I was just like, what? a little, a little that aggressive, but I, I did enjoy and, that rant though, that Ryan Clark went on <laughs> yeah, thoroughly. Maybe entertaining, but I don't think logical. And, yes, yes. and I'm with you on Russell Wilson too. Like he's not done dirty. It's, it's a performance based uh, situation. And like, yes, he's better this year than last year. Was it, is it good enough? No. And, and the two year sample size and his record, like his win loss record and, you know, people debate QB wins or not, how much merit that should have. But like the Broncos have not been good enough with Russell Wilson, just flat out period. And then when you throw the contract in on top of all of that, it makes it even worse. And I think that is really the driving thing behind this. If Russell Wilson and Jarrett Stidham had the same contract, Russell Wilson would probably be starting these last two games. I think that's really what it boils down to. As much as the Broncos refuse to admit it, I think it really is about the contract, and it's just not worth the risk of him getting hurt 
and locking in that 37 million in 2025. Like, especially now they're officially out of playoff contention. It's just not worth the risk. And I think that's really what it boils down to. It's just the money and the Broncos. They don't want to admit that maybe in part because the players union will go after them, but I really think that's what it is. And, and like, I have to say, officially the Broncos have maintained that's not the reason, but I personally think that is the primary reason. And it's just, that's just football. Like the NFL is a business and that's just the way it is. And, and like you said, Russell Wilson's going to be fine. We'll find out if the Broncos are going to be fine here this coming up <laughs> off season. Yeah. The Broncos, uh, they won a game against the chargers. Uh, could you tell <laughs> from that first segment? I'm not <laughs> sure if you could tell, but that actually did happen. The Broncos won a ge- won the game, uh, but they are not going to make the postseason. Other things didn't happen, as John uh, talked about earlier. We'll get into where they're at now. And also, do you care about this Raiders game, folks? Broncos country out there, do you want to win this game? How do you feel about going up against a division rival? Are you, are you really, really excited to see Jarrett Stidham play one more start to see if he's your quarterback of the future? Don't try to tell me you are. But uh, we'll get into that stuff here coming up next. We'll be right back. While most championships were won and lost last Sunday evening, plenty of formats live on. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for Week 18. Quarterback Gardner Minshew, Indianapolis Colts versus Houston Texans. These two teams will be fighting for their playoff lives come Saturday night. Minshew has multiple passing touchdowns in only two of his last six games, but the matchup against Houston should allow him to throw the ball, and Indy has the weapons to get him into low-end quarterback number one territory. The Texans have allowed the third most fantasy points per game above expectation to quarterbacks this season, so Minshew is a fine streaming option if you're still going in Week 18 action. Running back Tony Pollard, Dallas Cowboys at Washington Commanders. Pollard hasn't scored in four straight contests and has posted more than 7.7 fantasy points in only one of those games. He had a fine outing in Week 12 versus the Commanders, generating 22.3 fantasy points, which was his best day of the year. In the last five weeks, Washington has yielded the most fantasy points, rushing yards, and overall yards to the position per game, and no defense has given up rushing touchdowns at a higher rate in that time. This looks like a quality get-right game for Pollard. Wide receiver George Pickens, Pittsburgh Steelers at Baltimore Ravens. While the the running game stole the headlines in Week 17. Pickens delivered a second straight big performance, turning in a season-high seven receptions into 131 yards. He had a nearly identical effort in Pittsburgh's Week 5 win over Baltimore, catching six passes for 130 and a score. With the Ravens likely to prioritize health this Saturday, Pickens has ample upside with the big arm Mason Rudolph starting at quarterback. Tight end Cole Komet, Chicago Bears at Green Bay Packers. Komet wasn't even targeted last week, so it's understandable if recency bias has you feeling a certain way about his Week 18 stock. Green Bay has given up the 10th fewest catches per game since Week 12, but tight ends have scored at the third highest frequency versus this defense in that time frame. And that's the main reason to take a gamble here. In PPR scoring, Komet went for 9.4 points in the week one meeting, and that should be roughly his floor if he sees at least five targets. Thanks for sticking with us through another action-packed fantasy season. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, John, the uh, Broncos are underdogs against the Raiders. The Raiders have been an interesting little story. Uh, under Antonio Pierce, they've been tough. They've been tough on defense. This will be a, actually a pretty, I mean, I guess you want to learn what you got in Jarrett Stidham. I mean, he's going up, up against a real pass rush and a pretty hot defense right now. So we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, but what do you think, John? Are you into this game? Do you care? Are you rooting for? I know the Broncos could feasibly get into the top 10, right? If instead of rooting for things to go your way so you can stay in the playoff picture for another week, I guess you can root the other way now and root for the Broncos to get a better draft position. Is that where Broncos country's at? Like, What's the pulse of the Broncos fan 
going into this? Do you guys care about this game it, against the Raiders? It, I mean, it depends on how you frame do you care. Like, as far as the tank element of it, I think Broncos fans are really torn. I don't think there's a consensus at all. And, like, for me personally, it would be really, really nice for the Broncos to have a top 10 pick in the 2024 NFL draft, especially because presumably they're going to be going after a quarterback. And even if, you know, uh, the quarterback you like doesn't fall to number nine, trading up from number nine to number two or whatever is easier than trading up from number 18 to number two or what have you, whatever that position would be to go get that quarterback they try to target. So it, it would be very nice to have a higher draft pick, but with that said, I know they're they're not going to tank. They're not going to try to lose. Sean Payton has something to prove. Jarrett Stidham has something to prove. All the players with expiring contracts and even the guys under contract next year, you know, there's no guarantee anybody's coming back. Like I just said, football is a business. Like some of these guys are playing for their jobs and some of them not just for the Broncos, but for the entire NFL. Like they want to put good film out there. And, and like there's the moral victory element of it too. Like you mentioned earlier, they want to finish nine and eight with a winning record and say, hey, yes, we messed up. We didn't make the playoffs. It was not as good as we wanted. However, we took a step forward in 2023. And our first season with Sean Payton, we had our first winning season since Gary Kubiak, our last Super Bowl winning coach, was in charge. And that's a step in the right direction. And it shows we're going in the right direction. Like, yes. Once it good enough, it wants it exactly what we wanted, but it was a step in the right direction. And next year it's going to be even better. Next year we are going to make the playoffs. So there is like that moral victory element of it. And like, so, so with that being considered, I like, I think I want them to win opposed to being like, ah, oh, I kind of really want the Broncos to lose this game for their draft stock. I, like if they do lose, the draft position will be a huge silver lining, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be actively rooting for them to lose on Sunday. I guess if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. And I get that. I think, I think that's a decent moral victory, right? Finishing nine and eight. Like that's, that's one you could wrap your head around. You could say, okay, we've, we've got talent here. We're, we finished nine and eight. We probably should have finished a little bit better than that. We probably should have been in the playoffs. You definitely should have been in the playoffs. I mean, you blew a game against the Patriots at home. Come on. If they took care of business. Yeah. Yes, ex- exactly. So underachieved, but still finishing nine and eight. Like you can, you can see that you're, I guess, on the come. Right. Uh, but of course, the flip side of that, I know Sean Payton, you mentioned this, John, right? Like he mentioned, you've mentioned this before on the podcast that he's compared the Broncos to the Detroit Lions of last year. Yeah. Where what the Lions finished, uh, they started like one and six or something, and then they made a run. They won eight of their last ten. I think my only rebuttal to Peyton on that would be the Lions were kind of ascending at the end of the season, right? They knocked out Green Bay in week 18, that great game at Lambeau Field. If you're an Aaron Rodgers hater, which I am, uh, was, especially now that he's a Jet, um, you know, watching Aaron Rodgers lose at home to the lions of all teams in the final game of the regular season and get knocked out of the playoffs. That was just great entertainment. I loved it. The drama, it was excellent. The look on his face, it was just perfect. All green Bay had to do was win to get in the playoffs and the lions already eliminated, beat them. That was pretty sweet. Everybody knew the lions were on the come. Would you say the Broncos are really on the come, John, even if they finish nine and eight and beat the Raiders here, or are they kind of about to step back, right? Because you have to reset a little bit when you bring in a new quarterback, right? I mean, even if you're going to start with Jared Stidham next year, that's not a step forward, uh, in my opinion, at least. So 
Can you find a quarterback in the draft? This seems like a really deep quarterback draft, right? Everybody talks about Drake May, Caleb Williams, and but I'm watching the college football playoff, and that Michael Penix looked really yeah. good. Yeah. And we JJ McCarthy looked damn good as well. I mean, that's yeah. a good Alabama and, and defense. People like the LSU quarterback as well. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't play, right? Um on bowl week, but he's a good player too. So I mean, this is a deep quarterback draft class, but all everything all signs are pointing to the Broncos starting over at that position. So I, I get the comparison to the Lions, but I think the Lions were like a team that was we all knew this year they were going to be a team. They're going to be a factor. And, and they were from week one. They beat the, the Chiefs week one in the opener. The Broncos are about to take a step back, though, right? That's kind of inevitable. Is that what you're expecting? Uh, I mean, yes and no. A step back from nine and eight? I don't know. I think they could do that again next year between Jarrett Stidham and uh, uh, like a rookie quarterback. If, if Stidham's not good enough and they put in like whoever their high draft pick rookie is, I think they could get to nine and eight next year. And, and there's also, like, I'm kind of operating under the assumption that right now Stidham is the presumed guy plus a rookie, but it is possible that he could go get someone like Jameis Winston or that kind of a caliber. Like, they'd, ha- they'd have to do some work to make it work with the cat, but, like, just in theory, they could do someone like that. And Peyton already proved in New Orleans post-Drew Brees that, you know, maybe it's not going to be this – you know, it, it's not going to be a Drew Le- Brees level offense because it's not Drew Brees, but he can win games. Can he go like he did go nine and eight without Drew Brees with the Saints? So would it be a step back? Like, would the same record next year be a step back? Like, it, if you, you could view it as that, but like not literally record wise, I think they can maintain this next year. And if like things go their way, like if Stidham a full season under Drew Brees is or excuse me, sorry, if Stidham, a full season under Sean Payton, is better than a full season of Russell Wilson in 2023, and we can debate, like, how realistic that is, like, he's a worse talent and all that, but just, is he a better fit for the offense over a course of a season? I don't know, because we haven't seen it, but I I think it's a fair fair thing to say, because they are going to be in a cap mess. They're probably going to have to cut some guys. They're definitely going to have to restructure some guys, so they can't add a lot and is what they currently have, maybe even with a few losses, plus Jarrett Stidham, is that a step forward going into 2024? I think that's a fair thing to ask. But I think they can at least give themselves the impression that, okay, we have positive <laughs> momentum going into 2024. We're going to draft this young, promising quarterback that's going to be our future. Maybe 24, like we're not, we're, we're not saying this as our message going forward, but maybe 24 will be a little bumpy. But in 25 going forward, like long term, we're going in the right direction. Maybe there's going to be a little bit of a pothole in 24, but overall we're still heading in the right direction. And they may not frame it that way, but I think that it could be the case that, yes, maybe like depending on the semantics of what you count as a step back or not, maybe they do take a little bit of a step back next year. But I still think they can believe they're going in the right direction. John, this is why I appreciate talking to you every week. It's just the positivity, just the glass half full <laughs> approach. It's like I'm banging my head on the wall and being like, Stidham's not good enough. Ah! And John just like, no, no, Ryan, it could happen. It, this, could, this could be a positive thing. Just here's why. So I think this, this, that's where the podcast work, John, works between us, John. It's just that balance. And, and I do need you to balance me out. Uh, so, okay, going back to this game that nobody cares about. Just kidding. We all care about this game. It's a big ball game. Uh, I'm a Patriots fan, and 
I get the whole conundrum that Broncos country is in, right? Part of you wants to lose because it's better for your draft positioning. The other part of you would just hate to see a division rival like like the Raiders beat you and the Patriots are playing. The Broncos have, for being a disappointing season, they have played very well in the division this year. They have. They have a seven-game losing streak against the Raiders that they want to snap, like they snapped that 16-game losing streak to the Chiefs. So sorry to cut you off, but just throwing that in about the division aspect. Yeah, seven, seven straight losses to the Raiders? Really? Damn. Yeah, you know, people forget that because the Chiefs one was so significant. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. They're they're turning it around against the division. That's good. Uh, but yeah, I was just gonna say, as a Patriots fan, like I can't, I I detest the Jets. I I hate that team. I w- I want nothing more than to see that team fail. I'm not gonna root for the Jets to beat the Patriots. I can't do it. It's just like against my. It's against every fiber of my being. But I also want a top three pick. So <laughs> yeah, I, I understand the con- the conundrum that you guys are in. Let's uh, let's approach this like we think the Broncos are going to uh, try to win this game. It's a legit game. It's a meaningful game to us, and we're going to pick it, John. The last time I saw, it was a two-and-a-half-point spread. The Broncos are underdogs in this one. And to me, the matchup, and I hit, hit on it earlier, you know that I'm not high on Stidham. <laughs> so I think that's been pretty well documented here between us. You're way more open to Stidham. I know Broncos country way more open to Stidham than I've been. Uh, and uh, that's fine. I'm interested to see how he looks against Max Crosby and company. Yeah, yeah. This is um, a scary defense right now to go up against. Mahomes struggled horribly against this team a couple weeks ago. Max Crosby is on fire. They rush the passer. They get after you. Their corners have gotten a big boost since the the Raiders picked up Jack Jones from the Patriots after they cut him. So just like everybody take our good players. Um, and get them to play and get their heads screwed on straight. It's perfect. But anyway, I think this is a real test, and I would expect Stidham to struggle in this game. I, I, ex- I would expect some mistakes. That's what I'm expecting. I think the Raiders are probably in a better spot to go win this ball game. I'm not surprised that they're favored, and I'm getting it under a field goal. That's a key number. So I would probably lean Raiders here. I, I think the Raiders would win this game by a field goal, but... I just I'm expecting Stidham to struggle against this defense. This defense is among the hottest in the league. They're disruptive. They get after the quarterback. He's going to be under pressure, and um, I would expect some mistakes. But what's your what's your gut telling you, John? Yeah, I, I'm gonna for the final time of the 2023 season, I'm gonna put on my orange and blue goggles. Okay, put them on, baby. Back the Broncos to win this game. Right. I'm not going to do anything about the spread because uh, when they played the Raiders earlier this year and it was like a, a one or two point game. So I'm not even going to confidently say it's going to be by field goal because it might be a one or two point win. But I will say I predict the Broncos to win the game, finish the year on a strong note. And maybe that's delusional, but I got to back them one more time to close out this season. Keep the positivity the optimism may be delusional but the optimism going for at least one more week i like that john is starting off 2024 folks as positive <laughs> as i've ever heard him after one of the most dramatic weeks of broncos football that i can imagine or, or remember right that was just uh that was just awesome john i was worried about you i was worried about you because there's so much going on new year's eve just got out of christmas all this crap's going on with the broncos also they had a game you had to cover but you're just just like russell wilson you nobody has to worry about you. You're just going to go about your business and you're going to be fine. And uh, 
I'm happy to hear that uh, the Broncos have not broken your spirit yet, man. You're as positive as ever. That's great. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, like we said last week, uh, appreciate Broncos fans sticking with us this whole season. Happy New Year to all of you. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, if you just listen to it on the bottom of Broncos Wire articles, please subscribe and please give us a positive rating review. Happy New Year. Hopefully the Broncos here close out the season on a positive note. Happy New Year to you too, Ryan. Yeah, I appreciate that, John. Happy New Year. Yeah, that's that's well said by John. You can find the podcast uh, wherever you get your pods. And yeah, the season's winding down. But like I said at the beginning of the show, plenty more to come in the offseason. Uh, that's where Broncos Wire, I think, does some of their best work, their coverage of free agency, their coverage of the draft. It's It's really second to none. And we will be here breaking down the news as it unfolds. Looking forward to it. Uh, and John, we'll be back next week, right? We got more for the folks next week. We're going to wrap up week week 18 and start looking ahead to the offseason. So that's what folks can uh, can prepare for. Yes, sir. I mean, as soon as that clock ticks zero on Sunday, it's officially offseason. And then, like you said, there's a lot of topics to dive into. So we'll be back next week. All right. So for John Heath, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thank you for listening to our uh, crazy rants today. We hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> let us know, please. Let us know what you thought. Uh, we'll be back next week to break more football down and look ahead to the offseason. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>